All right, college baseball fans, welcome to the Weekend 6 recap episode of the 11.7 podcast. We have a fun episode where we're going to discuss the mid-major top 25, the normal top 25, and all of the action around college baseball. Um, But first, we have some breaking news. We have been blocked by Mississippi Valley State's baseball official Twitter account because we rank them once again in the bottom 10 rankings, which we'll talk about here. Um, But I just want to start with that, Dimitri. I know there's a lot of listeners wanting to hear about the Arkansas versus Mississippi State recap, Vanderbilt and Jack Leiter, how he's dominating. But most important news of the weekend is by far we've been blocked by our first college baseball account. Kind of feels good. What would you say? Don't play like shit and you won't be in the bottom 10. It's that simple. Blocking, <laughs> us, blocking us, just taking another L. I mean, they're 0-9 this year with a negative 129 run differential. We were forced. Like, they did it to themselves. We were forced to put them at the number one ranking for the third straight week. I mean, I mean, dude. I mean, dude. Like, yeah, it, we like to have fun here. But, if, but you blocking us doesn't – you're still going to be in the bottom 10. You're still going to be number one, giving up 100 – Pavilion run more than you scored. <laughs> Blocking us, don't play like shit and you won't be in it. It's that simple. Don't yeah, play. Don't like be shit. the worst team in college baseball and we won't put you number one, but it feels good. It feels I mean, good. Dude, I'm 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 proud to say the Grambling is not in anymore. I'm yeah. proud to say Northern Illinois is not in anymore. Northern Alabama, yes, but you're right. No, they both no, swept. We had Northern Illinois in there two weeks ago. Yeah. North I mean, Alabama's not in there either. Congrats. They got motivated. They what lives come a decent program in Nashville, they're out of it. It's not like we're sitting here making fun of you. Yeah, play like shit, and, you, and you're going to be in it. At the end of the day, we're giving them social media interaction with that account, which gets zero during the course of the season besides people making fun of them. So we're just like out in front of the line saying, hey, look, these guys have been terrible this year, but, you know, here's their Twitter handle. Like, give them a follow. Like, at least do what, like, I don't know, some of the, like, big college football accounts that suck and the big college basketball accounts that suck, they just like own up to it. They're like, yeah, tough loss today. Lost by 40. Ben, let me ask you something. If you, when you were at UT Martin, you're the worst team in the country. Third worst. You got on Twitter and saw that you were in the bottom 10. You would send it to your teammates, say, LM, laugh my fucking ass off. This is hilarious. Yeah, we would have, we would have, we would have thrown that in the group, like the group me, the team group me with the coaches in it and just like kind of laughed about it. You, but like, you're not lying. You're not blowing smoke. You really no. would have laughed about it. <laughs> we would have laughed about it. That's what now, I'm saying. Now, obviously the, like the coaching standpoint, these coaches are fighting for bigger and better positions. This is their career path. I understand like when the grambling coach, you know, tweeted at it or actually commented on our Instagram post and said, you know, thanks for the motivation. Like he was being dead serious. He was like, you know, this is my job. If I succeed here, I can get a bigger, bigger and better job. I get it. Like trying to feed the family, but for the player standpoint and like the social media manager, like have some fun with it. It's all about interaction. I, I just think it's hilarious. They should have, tw- they should have swept whoever they swept, tweeted at and say, "Yo, you see, you see what we did this weekend." Yeah, and be we like, "Hell that. yeah, congrats! You're out of it." But whatever. Yeah, I mean, like it should be motivating, like to try to get off of that list, which we've seen four or five teams do this year, and then you, you have teams. The end run a whole segment article with nicknames and breakdown on college football bottom 10. I don't right. see those schools blocking ESPN. No, 
It's because ESPN has, you know, a million followers and they probably like the interaction they get. But at the end of the day, just play better. Play better, get off the list. We'll take you off the list in a heartbeat like we did with Grambling, hey. Northern Illinois, Northern Alabama. At the end of the day, if it wasn't for ethno, not one damn person would be talking about Mississippi Valley with one L state baseball. <laughs> with one L on their Twitter handle. Trying to avoid the two L's, which they have nine of this year. But They've already got enough. They don't want any more. Yeah, so while we're on this topic, let's just go ahead and give our bottom five rankings. Uh, we, or Sorry, bottom ten rankings. So at number one is Mississippi Valley State. At number two, we have Alabama A&M, who has one in ten with a negative 118 run differential. Then you have Arkansas Pine Bluff, who is two and 13 with a negative 111 run differential. Texas Southern's at number four. They're four and 16, but they still have a negative 102 run differential. New team into the top 10 is St. Bonaventures. 0-5 to start the year, losing by an average of eight runs a game at negative 40. Utah Valley, the Wolverines, they're four and 16 with a negative 73 run differential. Prairie View A&M is four and 16 as well with a negative 60 run differential. UC Davis, the Aggies, five and 17 with a negative 63 run differential. Holy Cross is another t- new team in there. They're 0-7 to start the season. Only minus 23 run differential, so only losing by a little over three runs a game. And then Northern Colorado, they're 4-16 and with a negative 37 run differential. For those bottom six teams right there, I mean, they have a legit shot to have a good week and getting off the list. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I know we're making fun of kids between the age of 20 and 22, maybe even 23, and coaches that are trying to feed their family. But – this is one of the things that kind of gives us an advantage over other college baseball media outlets because we're not afraid to say who the worst teams are. And it gives them exposure. We, we make a nice graphic for them. And we're going to continue to do it, like whether they like it or not. I mean, dude, even if you're, even if you're in the bottom 10, take it however you want. You want to get mad at it, it's great. If you want to laugh at it, great. You only live once. Enjoy it. Like, like, Give yourself a little humor, because if you're if you're in the top twenty five, we're going to give you love too. So it's not like we're only giving you love or not giving you love just because you're a terrible team. It's because you're in the bottom ten, and you know we're going to recognize the top, we're going to recognize the bottom, we're going to recognize all in between. Exactly. I mean, there's three hundred teams in college baseball, and you just happen to be in the bottom ten. So get out of it. It's super easy. There's two hundred ninety spots you can be other than that. So I mean, I feel like I'm very much qualified to make a ranking like this because I was in a, the third worst team in division one baseball back in 2014. So anyways, let's move on to some more important stuff. We have the mid major top 25, which we just released. We got a new number one team, no other than the Louisiana tech bulldogs who are absolutely steamrolling teams, including winning three out of four on the road against Southern miss. And I even think, with that series win, they would have jumped Southern Illinois, even if Southern Illinois would have won two out of three, which they didn't. Southern Illinois comes in at number two after losing two out of three to uh, Arkansas Little Rock. And so Santa Barbara comes in at number three after Southern Illinois at number two. We have Indiana State number four, and then Dallas Baptist, Southern Miss, Louisiana, Coastal Carolina, UC Irvine. That's, that's five through nine, but it was really close between those, those five schools right there. Um, there's really just a pack. And I think you would agree with me, Dimitri five through really like 12 up to Liberty. All those teams are very good. Like it just depends on what kind of weekend they're having, but they, 
I don't know. Like, I feel like there's going to be a lot of movement between those 12 teams, but as long as they keep playing well, they're not going to jump out of the top 25 anytime soon. Um, just kind of going through the list because we don't have time to go through every single team. Um, we're going Florida Atlantic at 13. Old Dominion's really surprising us this year at 14. Sacramento State's come out of nowhere at number 15. Western Carolina leading the SOCON uh, right now, 14 and four at number 16. And then kind of 17 through 25, you get a mix of new teams in there. Teams like Southeastern Louisiana at 20, who was unranked. Stetson comes back in unranked. Arkansas Little Rock comes back in unranked. And then Cal Baptist at 25 was in unranked. And then you got teams kind of struggling. You got um, UNC Wilmington, Florida Gulf Coast, Georgia Southern. Those teams are still in the mid-major top 25, but they're very close. Like they're one more bad weekend away from getting out. So uh, this is always one of the fun things we do. Nobody else does the mid-major power rankings, I should call it. But um, there's a lot I'm of really good mid-major teams this year. I'm still salty about having to call it power ranking, but it is what it is. It gets the point across. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, it's just kind of out of, our, out of our control. Someone trademarked it and copyrighted it, so well, let them have it. We can, we can make adjustments. We're baseball players. But moving on, we got the top 25 that I want to talk about a little bit. And while we're doing the top 25, Dimitri, I want to like kind of break down what each team really did this weekend because everybody saw, you know, how well Jack Leiter did again. Seven no-hit innings. Kumar Rocker dominated on Thursday night. Nobody's going to beat Vanderbilt two out of three this year. Like, no, no, nobody's going to beat those two pitchers. They they would both have a ton of success right now in Major League Baseball. Not even double A, not even trigger. Like Major League Baseball, they would find success. I don't know if they would have, you know, an, an outstanding ERA. And they would sure. not. They would not. Not yet. One day they will, but not now. Uh, but Van, dude, Vandy's clear cut number one. You're. I mean, I'm sorry, but you're, it's an automatic guaranteed series win every weekend. A good weekend for Vandy is a sweep. A decent weekend is a two out of three series win. I'm just waiting for. I. I. I I'm. I'm, I don't like to root for failure, but I'm really curious to see who's going to be the first one to be Jack Leiter or Kumar. I don't and know. I, I don't know who. The, I mean, I obviously know the SEC is the most competitive conference in America, but I don't see any team right now, even even Arkansas, who's at number two. I don't see them beating Kumar Kumar Rocker or Jack Leiter. I can see it happening. I can see it happening. Could you look at what they did to Mississippi State pitching staff? who has been pretty dominant this year. Pretty no, freaking right. dominant. You're right. And they tattooed them. So, I'm, I mean, okay, let's talk about that series. Ball was flying out of the dude this weekend. And we talked about how that is a, completely a hitter's ballpark. And the I mean, wind was blowing straight out. The, too, which the wind was help. blowing out. Every fly ball to left that was semi-squared up was gone. Like I mean, and not just like kind of gone, like way gone. <laughs> guys were hitting the ball 375 feet down the left field line. Oppo, backside balls were going 375, 380 feet out of the park. And I'm not, I'm not saying people can't do that, but it was effortless. It was down in the way, just poked at it or up and in at the or up and away at the letter. And they were backside bombing them out of out, just bouncing them all over the lounge in the apartment complex. Um, now, let me ask you this. If that series was played at like Dishfalk Field at University of Texas, do you think there would have been a different outcome? 
Just because um, I feel no, like no, because no, because Mississippi State still couldn't made numerous errors. A lot of those balls are still balls in the gap. I mean, they were they were hammering balls everywhere. Right, right. Christian just, Franklin, Christian Franklin, balls gone out of anywhere. Um, yeah, I, yeah, for sure. Um, but kind of kind of going back to that series though, because we are going to spend a lot of time breaking down that series, just because you know two great fan bases. We got a lot of listeners from both. What would you have put the odds that Arkansas would have swept that series on the road before the series started? Because I, I would have probably said like 10 to 1 that they would sweep. I, I just didn't see it I mean, happening. I, I, I mean, I picked Arkansas to win the series. I know, but you even said like, you even said Mississippi State was going to steal one, no doubt. Um, I never said that. You are putting words in my mouth. All I said <laughs> was Arkansas was going to win the series. I, I remember what we talked about. I said, I'm going to take the lineup. I'm going to take the team that can hit. You did say that. You called it. You called that. I said, I said, Mississippi State pitching staff advantage, Arkansas lineup advantage. I said, I was giving the, the split decision or the deciding factor with that Arkansas pitching staff was going to win their matchup. Yeah, you said if Arkansas could throw strikes, which they did for the most part, they were going to win the series. And I called you an idiot, I think. You did. You said that doesn't make sense, blah, 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 like normal. And who's right? Uh, God, I hate being right so much. Yeah, you literally went 0-5 and pick them like two weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah, and every single one of those was an extra inning law or a rubber match Sunday. There was a lot of shit going on. I mean, I will take the blame. It takes Ben. Did you know that it takes a man to admit when he's wrong? Yeah. Well, you were very wrong that weekend, so you and must I be a huge it man. Really quickly, but anyway, Wicklander was was pretty good Friday night. Um, he was missing spots, but for the most part, he was pounding the strike zone, overpowering, had a beautiful slider. He was good in South and Mississippi State. You, you want to know what their biggest problem this weekend was, or one of their biggest problems? They didn't work very many counts. So South or Arkansas was just pounding the strike zone, and South or Mississippi State was getting themselves out so many times. They beat a ball into the ground for a double play. They would float one to shallow left field. They were they were not taking pitches. They were not working count. They were just overly aggressive with very poor swing. Bingo. That was it right there. I was waiting for you to say that because that is exactly what I saw. They were, they were watching Arkansas hitters, you know, send a ball 390 feet consistently over the fence. Um, They were seeing, you know, they were trying to keep up with the arms race of, okay, balls flying. Let's try to do too much with it. And they were just getting on top of a lot of balls. Uh, They were, you were like very aggressive early in the count. Weren't, weren't walking um, hardly at all. And that was like Arkansas's biggest flaw was like throwing strikes coming into the weekend. And Mississippi State literally just said, all right, we for, let's forget about Arkansas's you know command on the mound. Let's try to outslug these guys, and they don't have the offense to outslug a team like Arkansas. And Arkansas put them to shame. No, they they're, they're I mean, Mississippi State in the in the last few years they've been a lot of smaller guys, very well defensive, good pitching team that can work count. It, people hated pitching against Mississippi State because they worked count. They were hard to strike out. They put the ball in play all over the place, line drive stuff. They have, and I mean, since, I mean, I guess you can say the Hunter Renfro days, the West Ray days, where they had a lot of power. 
guy who they, they still have some power, but it's, Brent it's not the too. consistent. Love Brent, Brent. Love Brent Rooker. Uh, but you're right. They don't, I mean, yeah, Brent Rooker too. I mean, obviously they, Mississippi State has power, but it's not on the same scale as teams like Arkansas and teams like um, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt has power this year. Like that's South what's Carolina scary. has power. Yeah, that's what's scary about Vanderbilt this year is they have that pitching staff, obviously. But this is the their lineup doesn't get enough credit. The, their offense tattoos baseball. They have huge human beings in that lineup, one through nine. There's no more Roe Coleman sitting in the nine hole slapping balls to second base. Like but anyways, they have some real dudes. But to wrap up the Arkansas Mississippi State series, I think Lamonis has things to figure out because normally I don't like to press press the panic button too early and immaturely. But this weekend showed that Mississippi State was not ready for the big scale. I mean, the, in two months from now, they could be a national title contender. You never know. As of today, they are not elite. They are not with the big boys. I mean, I mean. When you say the big boys, you mean like Vanderbilt and Arkansas? Like who else are you putting in that category above? Ole Miss. We'll see. That's going to be a fun series coming up. I, I, I think Ole Miss is a much better team than Mississippi State, too. Because look at look at what they did against Alabama. They were down. They punished baseballs all over the field. Hit home run. They pitched. They threw strikes. And they won the game very convincingly when the final out was made. So Mississippi State can score. I'm not saying they can't score. I still think they're a good team. But I think they've got work to do. They've got – you got dude, you can't you, – other than Rowdy fly ball to center field where it got caught in the sun, you can't blame him for that. That's just very – that is unlucky, shitty luck. It is what it is. But miscommunication in left, booted ball, ball to your left side. You can get an easy out at first. You try to do too much with it. You miss it. Just stuff like that. And their pitching staff, too many balls were down the middle. They were missing spots. Um, I mean, shit, Ben. The series wasn't even close. They brought Landon Sims in in the sixth inning of game three, down by three or four. Like, he, he was a non-factor. And he still he struck out a bunch of guys. Like, he's going to strike out always. But he walked a few. He just looked tired. He, lo- he looked like – and I don't blame him. He sat around all weekend with all the adrenaline getting ready to go into a game and he, Friday. It's like a blue ball on a Friday. Ugh, didn't get yeah. a pitch. Saturday, ugh, didn't get a pitch. Sunday afternoon, day game, you're already down by three or four. Team morale's like shit. And you have to go in the game because – You've got to use your best guy at some point. You at some point, right. You're only down four runs at the and, time. And, and he didn't have the energy. He didn't have the motivation. It's like, if I'm Mississippi State, I don't don't overthink it. Lamonis, that's his job. Figure it out. But from the team standpoint, say, you know what? F it. Screw it. Screw it. It's the art of not giving a fuck. You've read that book. Just whatever. Move on. Don't let this ser- se- series determine your season is what I would say to Mississippi State. Who cares, dude? It's one weekend. All the media, all Twitter could talk about how good Arkansas was. Fine. Cool. So what? In a year from now, the, the series is renewed. The rivalry is renewed. They'll talk about it for a little bit, but if I'm them, move on. Whatever. Yeah, you have players, to move on. Players. You have to because, listen, these games in March, I mean, obviously they matter, but they don't matter at the same time. It's the games in June that matter. And you know what? If those two teams you know, meet up in the College World Series, 
or the super regional, whatever it is, like it's going to be, you know, even slate zero, zero. Nobody cares about the past. If anything, it gives Mississippi state a lot of motivation. But one thing I want to hit on before we move on is what a series from Christian Franklin after kind of, kind of getting in the Twitter, Twitter battle with Riley self early in the season, he backed everything up. He was a superstar this weekend, the guy that we planned on and, 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 kind of still assume we'll have a Golden Spikes candidate at the end of the year. Ben, now you just brought up a, a point that reminded me. You said that Robert Moore was a Golden Spikes candidate. He was hitting 250 going into this weekend. And That's I was the sitting there looking at it. Right I said, there. Ben's an idiot. I said, he had no idea what he's talking about. I'm sitting there thinking in my head that, right? And then Robert Moore hit like a triple or something. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. But I was like, are we just going to ignore that I was on Christian Franklin? He started slow, but he hit a fly ball to center field at um, Globe Life in the tournament earlier in the year. What do they call it? State Farm Frisk? I don't remember what they call State it. State Farm anyway, Showdown, yeah. In, in Globe Life. And he had a ball dead center, 410 to center, and it was, and it was effortless, smooth swing. I was like, dude, he's going to be so good this year. And he struck out like three times that game. And, dude, baseball is hard. Baseball is sh- – Hitting, especially in baseball, it it can cause people to have depression when you don't hit well. Because it is so hard. But when you're hitting well, you feel amazing. Yeah. When you're in a hot streak, it is the greatest thing ever. And Christian Franklin is, is in that mode right now. He started slow, but now that's what great players do. They find a way to figure it out and come back. And now that lineup with Christian Franklin hot is incredible. It is. I mean, I mean it, it looks like a top two or three lineup in the country right now. Think about Jalen Battle hitting that ball. He went off in the Louisiana Tech series. He didn't do he barely did anything this weekend. They didn't even need him. And that's I mean, that's how I determine a good team is when you can go a couple weeks with different guys hitting and your star hitter for a couple weeks is not hitting, but someone else just steps right up and keeps hitting. That's a great team in my opinion. Yeah, no doubt. And Mississippi State does need to find their identity moving forward. But at the same time, if you're going to struggle, struggle in March, struggle in April, get hot in May, get hot in June. That's what it's all about. Um, but anyways, moving on to the top 25, we're going to talk about number three team in the country right now, Ole Miss, leading the country, I believe, in wins with 20. And they're 6-0 in SEC play. First time since, uh, who was it, Archie Manning was the shortstop. That was a great tweet by, um, I think it was, who was it? Someone from ESPN. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, Whoever it was, it was, it was a funny tweet. So Ole Miss, they were down to, to Alabama in the ninth inning on Friday and they put up like nine runs unanswered and it just happened so fast. Tim Elko is an absolute dude for them. Um, And that just shows what kind of team they are. Obviously Alabama isn't even a top six or seven uh, SEC team, but they are still good at home. They play well at home. And Ole Miss kind of showed them who daddy was this weekend. Hey, where the Alabama should be ranked crowd. They're, they're damn quiet right now. I yeah. mean, they win that one game against nobody's saying Arkansas. they were. Yeah. Nobody's saying they're not a good team, but to get in the top 25, you have to have a little streak of good things going. Florida state within the top 25, they fall out. They didn't get back in until three weeks of good success. Yeah. And they get you gotta you can't just show up when we can play really well after beating a bunch of cupcakes and say <laughs> we're, we deserve to be here. 
Hell no. You just walked in the front door to the party. You still got to get your drink. You still got to get talk to a girl before you're saying you're having a good time. <laughs> Where did you come up with that, man? That's hilarious. I don't know, but it's the same <laughs> idea. You show up to the party, the top 25 party. You got to do some stuff before you can say, hey, I'm here. Yeah. So that, <laughs> I mean, Ole Miss is, they're dumb. They're, they're dangerous too. Um, Another team that's really dangerous is freaking Texas Tech, man. We got them ranked fourth, and they just continue to just obliterate folks. They like, steamroll, dude. They, they steamroll. They're they're hot right now. They're nineteen and four. I believe they started the season like one and three, or actually they started zero and three, one and four. I want to say, and they are just steamrolling people right now. So Texas Tech is by far the front runner to win the Big Twelve. They didn't play a conference weekend. They, they played against South Florida, but they won 16 to six, eight, nothing and seven to four. And none of those games were even close. They're a great team. Someone that I'm definitely looking forward to following the rest of the season. Uh, Louisville, another hot team. I mean, they're two and one. They, uh, they played against Notre Dame this weekend. Notre Dame was sitting at the top of the ACC standings and now they're not because of Louisville. So Ben, I need to tell you something that I found out just right before the show. We'll talk about the series too. Louisville and Notre Dame split, right? They Louisville went one won and one. That's Louisville right. on Friday, Notre Dame won Saturday on Ryan Cole walk off, second walk off in a week. Um, they canceled today's game. No, Louisville was like, okay, we're still here. We're going to practice. Louisville practiced on the field, on a turf field when they had a game canceled. So Notre Dame was scared? I'm not going to say that because I don't think Notre Dame was scared. I don't think they were because they, they're they a good team too. And they were they had a chance to win the series today. It wasn't like they lost the first two. And I don't know what the reason is. but Maybe rain in the forecast? I'm not too sure. I'm just guessing. Either rain no. or COVID issues. Why the hell would Louisville have practiced then if there was rain forecast? Wouldn't they just get on the bus and go home? Maybe they had I mean, a flight. I don't know. I guess it's no, not. No, they didn't. They don't fly from South Bend to Louisville, Kentucky. Maybe there was like a one-hour pocket of no rain. I'm, I'm hold on. I'm gonna look up Notre Dame baseball's Twitter and see what they said. All right. While you're doing that, let's talk about Tennessee, who sweeps our LSU this weekend. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. All right. We'll go hold back on. to it. I just want to. I want to get through this top twenty-five. So we no, have ten- no no. But we got to talk about that theory because Alex Benellis is hot now. And that's what I told you before. When Notre- Louisville and Benellis, when Benellis gets hot, Louisville is dangerous. And he hit three home runs this weekend. And two of them were in big situations. Or two home runs, sorry. And they were both in pretty big situation. Game-tying home run in the ninth on Saturday that Notre Dame ended up walking off. And then it, I think it was like a two-run insurance home run on Friday night to like in the eighth inning to put Louisville ahead. But um, Sunday's matchup between Notre Dame and Louisville has been postponed due to weather. There is no makeup date announced. Don't forget, Notre Dame plays on a turf field. And curfew is probably not in play because Louisville and Notre Dame are not that far apart. And Louisville held practice on the field. Let's just assume that Louisville found like a one-hour time spot because we don't know how long they practiced or you know. Why the hell just... would they go out and practice? Get on the bus and go home. Yeah. Never waste a day when you're an elite program, top five program in the country. Don't waste it. Practice. Good point right there. 
That's we're talking about practice. practice. We're talking about practice, man. I think Notre Dame is good too, though. I think they they I mean they were both games were tight, close. Just a battle between two really good teams, in my opinion. Well, they're definitely the two favorites in the ACC right now because the next ACC team in our rankings is Georgia Tech at 12. So the uh, and Georgia Tech is interesting to me, but we'll get to them. Wait, Dimitri, did we not rank Notre Dame this week? Yeah, we did. They're 10th. I was okay. I skipped right over and I was like, uh oh. Uh oh. No, no, no. Okay. Oh, no. Okay, good. Good. We're good. We're everybody's fine here. No, no panic button. I almost pressed it. That oh can't believe I skipped over Notre Dame at 10. Anyways, um, let's talk about this Tennessee LSU series real briefly. Um, is LSU like bad this year? I think we might have called that like three weeks ago. I think Tennessee absolutely rakes. Yeah. And- Drew Gilbert hit three home runs today or Saturday's game going because they finished it this morning, but he hit three home runs Friday night. Cheesehead Chubb Dallas. There's a story behind that. You can go to the Twitter profile and watch the video. Somebody DM'd us and said we have to get him on the podcast because apparently he's the funniest dude in baseball. We can do that. But anyway, Friday night, 11th strikeout, electric. Tennessee, you can, I like to hear the background crowd in the broadcast because it gives me like a vibe of like – You're at the yeah. game. No, it will give me a vibe of like are the fans into it, the students are there. You can tell the difference between a student and a normal fan. But tennis, dude, they, they, they hit Jaden Hill around too. They smacked them around. And I know he's a big pitching ninja guy. Um, but he tennis, Tony Vitello has got a lineup offense going and up there. And that's with they're probably their best hitter who got drafted in the first round last year, Alex Alaric Solari. Him and Garrett Crochet could both still be on this team. Somebody tweeted that at us. Like, hey, imagine how scary that team would be with those two first rounders gone who could have came back this year. So Tennessee, Tony, Tony V is building a, a dynasty of a program over there. Give it two, oh, whoa, give whoa, it two whoa. more years. No, I'm saying like he's building whoa. it right now. Give him two more years. And Tennessee, I think, is going to be the same position as like Mississippi State, Arkansas. You just watch, watch. I can I cannot allow you to say the word dynasty in Tennessee yet. And you know what? Wait, let me correct myself. I said Ole Miss had the most wins in D1 baseball. Tennessee, Tennessee actually has 21, and someone else has 21. Tennessee and um, uh, I'll tell you right now. There is not another 21-win team, Dimitri. There can't be. I'll tell you. Hold on. I hope it's not a mid-major. Tennessee Tennessee and – no, no. In in our ranking, someone that's 17 or 18 doesn't have 21? No. Okay, okay. Maybe maybe I was thinking wrong. I know Southern Illinois has 20. Yeah, no, you're probably you're you're right. I mean, I would yeah, think so. I think Tennessee has the most wins in college baseball right now. Um, just going through the scores, they won three to one, ninety eight, and three to yeah, two. You're right. You're, you're right. They had to finish a game today because of weather, but Tennessee looks really good. I'm excited about them. They're in that same conversation as Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State right now, and the SEC. Um, and, and you know what's so funny about our rankings, Dimitri, is we have both UTs back to back in the top twenty five because we have Texas coming in at number seven. Texas went three and one this week. Hey, what did I tell you? We were going to move Texas up when they could show they could follow up the South Carolina sweep with more quality win, and they're doing just that. 
They are. That's what a good team does. They win a close one on a walk-off double on Friday against Oklahoma. They beat them 11 to six the next day and they lose today three to two. Yeah. But you know, it is what it is. It's so hard to sweep, even though we've seen a ton of sweeps this year. Like how about do you get this? So Texas swept, swept South Carolina, South Carolina just swept Florida. And I'm ready to call Florida a bunch of frauds because I think they are. I'm tired of the University of Florida. They are not taking the season seriously. Sure, they could go out and win the whole thing. They were the preseason unanimous number one team in the country. That's, for dude, that's funny how you say that. I, I think you're so right. Florida can wake up and smack whoever they want. If they like, I almost feel like they're not trying. That's what it looks like. Those guys, I mean, if you watch the South Carolina game, they would just hack. They were just hacking. They had no approach. They didn't give a shit what pitch was. They just swung as hard as they could, hoping it was a fastball that ran into the barrel. Yeah. If you it, literally, that's what it was. And then and, they were, then that dude, this dude, a hickey, hinky, or what? I don't even give a damn how you say his name. He grabs his, a handful of his ball sack, <laughs> a r- rounding third base. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm coughing because I, I it frustrates me. He would grab it, and then South Carolina walked it off next winning, next inning. And then they got beat Saturday. Then they got swept on Sunday. Like, my guy, you're 0-3 since you grabbed the ball. Maybe maybe you shouldn't do that in public. That South Carolina ending was unreal, by the way. So they went to extra <laughs> innings, and and Florida takes the lead, and the guy grabs his nutsack, which was hilarious. And We made a nice little meme out of it, or gif. And South Carolina goes down to their last strike, and who else besides – I um, Eister Andrew Eister comes up two strikes, hits an oppo home run, which he's been the most clutch player in college baseball all year. Hits the oppo home run to tie it up. Next batter gets a single through the middle, and then three pitches later, walk off double. South Carolina takes all the momentum in the series. They win eight or four to one and eight to five the next two games. Florida had no interest in that series, but I will say this: this did you see the video of the South Carolina fans? Kind of giving the Florida players some crap as they were heading to the bus, and some of the I Florida see that. I some of the see Florida that. players were like, "Come meet me in the parking lot. Let's go fight." Like they were, they were not happy. But, they were, but here, I have, I have an opinion on that. Wait, let me say my opinion real fast. So I think, yeah, yeah, that, go ahead. I think the South Carolina fans maybe woke the Florida Gators up after they swept them. I would be surprised if Florida doesn't sweep their next series. I think these players are, are like, they're done with it. They're done losing. They've already lost eight games when a lot of people were predicting them to only lose like 10 all year. They're going to wake up they're They have a little fight in them. I saw that when they were walking to the bus, they're, they're tired of it. And I think you're going to see Florida go on a stretch right now of about 10 straight wins. Kind of similar to what happened with Florida state, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm not going to sit. No, dude they're humans too and when you're running your mouth that much which which i'm by the way i condone fans running their mouth it's fine talk 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 to shit if you want to but you can't you can't pull the oh they they're not ignoring us they should be ignoring us like be the better guy no they're humans too they're gonna talk their shit back yeah which i think is perfectly okay i think florida had every they were they're right there they're walking down the third baseline the fans are not even 20 feet from them, running their mouth. Let them talk back. You're not invincible just because you're in the bleacher. I'm not saying climb the fence and go punch them or whatever, but you can say something back if you, on your mind, whatever's on your mind. I mean, be careful. You got to be willing to take the consequences if you do something that, you know, is punishable. But 
Yeah, I think Florida pissed off now. I think Sullivan is a scary dude. Looking at him in the dugout, he is a scary dude. He is. He looks and like one of those thumb thumbs from. I've Spy I don't Kids. think. I, I don't think I've ever. Yeah, right. The little thumb. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Sully smile. I saw him smile after he won the national championship, and that was the only time. Okay, I've that seen doesn't him smile. count. That doesn't even count. Like, I don't think I've ever seen him smile in a normal setting. But I hope Florida. I, yeah, I hope I hope they wake up from it. You know who else is kind of pissed off right now? It's it's me because what the South Carolina student section did, they fired the Gators up. You know, walking to the bus. You know who plays the Florida Gators next this midweek? The Mercer Bears. Our Mercer Bears have to cope, oh, no. travel to Gainesville on Tuesday oh, after my God. Florida gets swept. Like, oh, this my God. might be a thirty to nothing game to me. Oh my God, it's a hundred percent could be ten nothing after three innings. Like Florida is not going to mess around. And and you know what I'm actually excited about? I'm excited to see uh, next week and it's Ole Miss, a host or Ole Miss at Florida. So you think Florida is going to like kind of take it to Ole Miss next week and kind of previewing next week and just briefly, I, w- I would not be surprised if Florida just manhandled Ole Miss, just, just really fired everything up on all cylinders. Like I, I really see a Florida like 10 or 12 game win streak coming up. Dude, Mercer is absolutely going to get ran the F out of the building on Tuesday night. And if they don't, that is more that is more than a win. If yeah. you lose and it's close, that is a win in my book. Now, imagine if Florida loses, which Mercer did beat oh, Florida. Sully, Sullivan will be in prison. <laughs> he will go to jail for something <laughs> that he probably will regret doing because he is going to be so mad. I mean, Imagine dude, we've that. already, we already, we, we, I mean, holy Ben, I beat Mercer when I, when or I beat Florida, when we went down there, you beat Florida too, right? No, they beat them the year after I left. Oh, so, so we have two wins against, Florida. we're two and oh in the last two times we played them. Yeah. They are going to, Sullivan is going to put bulletin board material and say, we've lost these little jokes of a program twice already. <laughs> Don't let it happen again. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Florida is about to beat them by 20. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. And and so it's just moving on here. But UCLA finally has a good week again. I, I'm telling you, I'm done with Florida. I'm done with UCLA. They are the most inconsistent, talented programs out there. Tired of it. I'm tired of both of them. But I will give UCLA some some credit for actually having a good live stream this week. Now, the only thing was, uh, I'm pretty sure it pissed you off how your free trial ran out and you had to get like Pac-12 Network or something. Was that the Was that the UCLA series? With the Pac-12 network, like um, I get a five-minute monthly preview, free preview. Whoa, five minutes! Wow, five minutes, <laughs> all of five minutes. Um, How much does it cost for Pac-12 network? I didn't look. I just clicked X out of the window and said, "Have a good day." I will not be giving you my money. Put your games on ESPN three like every normal program, and we won't have a problem. Yeah, we won't have a problem. We're tough guys over here. No problem. But kind of going down, uh, what I want to do is introduce some new teams to the top 25. We, we see the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs come in at number 20, the highest ranked we've seen from a mid-major team since UC Santa Barbara. So Louisiana Tech's just steamrolling people. Not steamrolling, but they're winning. I think they've won like 11 of their last 12, or 11 of the last 13, and those two losses were to Arkansas. How crazy is that? Insane. And they've... they've- once yeah they've lost once since that sunday at arkansas or against arkansas and that one loss was the southern miss southern miss is a really really good program too and they went to hattiesburg 
and said, oh yeah. With okay. a target on their back. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll show up. We'll win three out of four. No problem. And that was good. That was really good to see. We're, uh, we're starting to become a Louisiana Tech podcast now. We have a lot of Louisiana Tech listeners and followers. So shout out to those guys. They hold the number one ranking in our mid-major polls. So it's good. Um, yeah, dude. They, they, it was nice to see a team consist, come off big wins and keep doing it rather than getting hyped up just to lose. And then everyone's like, well, okay, I look like an idiot again. Yeah, they backed it up. They've backed it up since the Arkansas series. Um, Southern Miss might not be the most undominant, unstoppable team this year, but it's not easy going to Hattiesburg and winning three out of four. No not way. Not easy up. at all. Um, another team that's in our top 25 is Arizona. They were unranked. They're playing good ball. They're 16-7 and seven this year, 3-1 and one on the week. Them and then the surprise team that a lot of – that's going to surprise a lot of listeners. They we haven't – oh, go ahead. I was just going to say they beat or, uh, Oregon at home. Yeah, they did. They, and they beat – like Arizona's offense is stupid this year. They're unreal. They, they can really swing it one through nine. I don't, I don't know what to say about the Pac-12. I don't know if UCLA is going to win it. I don't know if Oregon State's going to win it. I don't know if Arizona's going to win it. Oregon's another good team. Stanford should be probably ranked here in the next week or so. Pac-12 is going to be interesting to follow. Pretty much everybody besides like Cal – uh, Arizona State has some of the most talented players. They were as well. really close to getting our top 25, too. Yeah. I mean, the Pac 12 is not a bad conference this year, but then they'll lose like midweek games and then lose like to mid majors two out of three on a weekend. So, whatever. The Pac 12 is the Pac 12. But another team that sneaks into the top 25, which a lot of people, it's not on their radar, is Kentucky. How about Kentucky being 17 and four? 17 and four for Kentucky. Kentucky five and one in the SEC. Yeah, five and one in the SEC. Everybody's talking about Kentucky basketball having a down year. Well, guess what? Their baseball team's having a good year. And so they went four and oh this week, and they're ranked 25th, and they have a chance to keep climbing as long as they win these SEC series. I mean, sweeping Auburn at home is nice. They beat Missouri two out of three and then swept Auburn. I mean, Next week, who knows? They can get bounced right back out, but at least for a week, they deserve to be in the top 25. Yeah, I'm about to look and see who they have next week. I looked it up, but let me one second here. Uh, of course, I just Googled Kentucky, like the state. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, man. It's late over here. Uh, give me one second. I'm going to go ahead and pull up their schedule. Hey, by the way, Ben, I don't know if you've watched much Kentucky. Their dances after the game are awesome. They're having so much fun. Um, they're, and the, uh, and the, their what, Twitter, what I was gonna say, what they're really doing is like, they had the, uh, was it Ben Jordan who passed away like a couple weeks before the season? Um, the, the player, I believe his name was Ben Jordan. I, and I do apologize if I got that wrong, but yeah, dude, they have a lot of fun. They have something to play for. Um, they're trying to win. They're trying to win as many conference games as possible so they can get that at large bid. They're not going to compete with teams like Mississippi state and, and, uh, Vanderbilt. Ole Miss, but they'll definitely beat up on teams like Missouri and Auburn, like we've already seen. Alabama, I think they'll take care of. Georgia, they'll Are take care of. you still looking who they're playing? Because they're at Mississippi State this weekend. Yeah, no, I was about to get there. They're at Mississippi State, which is, I mean, is this a team Mississippi State wants to see, really? I, I don't think so. Maybe. I mean, I, I, would, I would hope Mississippi State comes back saying, all right, clean slate, forget about it, let's move, let's move forward. And they, I mean, I, I, they better win two at home. 
Oh, they, you don't lose back to back home series at the dude unless no. you want some angry, pissed off fan. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so Kentucky kind of has a tough schedule ahead of them. And of course they do because they play in the SEC. I'm not an idiot, but they play Thursday night at Mississippi State, Friday, Saturday. Then they play at Louisville and then they host LSU. And then they kind of see the schedule kind of drops off from there. They got Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee. No, they got Georgia at Georgia. You still got to show up and win those games. Louisville and then Alabama. I mean, dude, that's not easy. I can't believe you just said that's not easy. Well, that's like the easy part of their schedule. That's what the scary thing is. And they have Tennessee, Florida, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. We'll see what they're made of. But, hey, we threw them a little bone. You're 17-4, and especially 5-1 and the SEC. Sure, we'll rank you 25th, but you got to earn it from here. You got to win some SEC series that actually matter. So, Yep. I was uh, I was I was pleased to see Kentucky. I'm actually about to look up who their best player was because I was watching a game two weeks ago when I was in Mississippi uh, visiting my brother. They were on SEC Network against Missouri, and they have this one dude, and I cannot remember his name to save my life. But the kid is an absolute stud. Um, Are you talking that, about TJ Collette? He could he rakes, it, and it very well could be. Yeah, he's he's super famous on TikTok for getting hitting tips. Um, yes, yes, that's who I'm talking about. 100%. Yeah, TJ Collette hitting like 300, 320, something like that. Um, he's got eight homers. He's got eight homers, yeah. That's who I'm talking say. about, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, a TikTok star for getting heavy, hitting tips and drill work and stuff like that. Great dude. Good for him, man. I'm looking at his picture right now. He's a grad student from uh, Indiana, but yeah, he's the first baseman over there. He's definitely someone who – I mean, could sneak around and win the SEC home run crown if he keeps at this pace. Obviously, he's got to deal with our boy over there, Wes Clark at South Carolina, who I think he ended up hitting two more home runs this weekend. I think but. he had 13 or 14. A 14? Yeah. 13, 14? 13 or 14. But, yeah, man, don't sleep on Kentucky right now. Um, so just moving on to the SEC real quick, there's a couple other things I wanted to talk about, how Virginia Tech swept Pitt, kind of humbled Pitt after we were hyping them up. We had Devin Mezzarocco on the pod. Uh, since then, I believe they're 0-4 in ACC play, so shout-out to the 11.7 jinx there. Pitt needs to just kind of figure things out. They were running hot I, I for a while. I don't think Mazzarocco is going to ever come back on because um, whatever happened between our podcast and Sunday afternoon wasn't good for Pitt baseball. We need, to, we need to talk about this for a second because the last two guests we had on was Mazzarocco and Jake Mangum, correct? Yep. And... They are a combined 0-7. Their teams are 0-7 since since they came game. on. Yikes. That's not a good look for us. Don't don't said that. Oh uh, no, Mississippi State got a midweek win in Pitt. Um Pitt lost their midweek. Yeah. Or I don't remember, but um I just had the ACC standings pulled up um just a second ago. <laughs> and they kind of I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of movement going on because the, the better teams I still think are kind of in the middle of the pack, like haven't hit their strides yet. Uh, when you see like Notre Dame still at the top at 10 and four and then teams like Florida State at eight and seven, I could see that flipping very soon. Um, I obviously think Louisville is probably the best all around team, um, but Georgia Tech's 10 and five, Virginia Tech's nine and six, North Carolina's eight and five. I really think Miami's going to make a push, even though they're seven and seven. They're only two and a half games out of first place. Let me, so, you want to talk? Let's talk about Miami real quick. I always got to give my homies some love when I get a chance, but I don't even know if I'm going to give them love, to be honest. But they, they just, they're getting win. They're getting away with win. But, dude, I can tell you in the first inning whether they're, they're going to win or lose the game. It's that kind of team where, like, 
You know, you know, I'm talking about where you can oh, yeah. see a team in the first inning and you can you can immediately say, oh, they're going to win or lose. Oh, yeah. I mean, Saturday or Friday, dude, Miami had the bases loaded five out of the first six innings. And it took them until the sixth inning to score their fifth run. Well, I mean, I feel like you're getting kind of kind of kind of picky there. Five runs in college baseball should win you games with the base Friday. with 11 walks and the bases loaded five out of the sixth inning. Okay, fair. Someone's got to step up clutch and like clear I mean, the bases I mean, the they double. scored four, they scored four or five. No, they scored six runs in the sixth. In, uh, they had, I mean, they had six runs after six inning. They scored five of them in the sixth on singles or whatever. But they had eleven walks in the first five inning. They had one run with the bases loaded four out of five times. I mean, that's 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 not acceptable in my nah. in my book. And and then Saturday. Um, I told I told myself I saw the score like I don't know it was like two nothing after three and they just were they they looked terrible at the plate right I said they're gonna get shut out they got shut out like I know Miami got shut out I actually and, watched some of that game yeah and and it, it's just like this team is too good to be playing like this they're too and they came back today and they won pretty easily four to two or something like that but it's like you guys are one of the top two or three teams in the ACC play like it. I mean, how do you get outscored 34 to 2 to Florida State? I know I said the same thing about Mississippi State, move on from it. But my God, come on. How the hell do you do that? You're being and, kind of picky for a team that went three and one this past week. Just saying. No, no, they 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 rebounded. They could have c- crumbled, went to Charlottesville, which is not an easy place to win. This and year it kind of is, but what? So this year it kind of is, but but still, going to Charlottesville is not easy to win a series. Some places like Charlottesville, Mississippi State, um, Southern Miss, there's places, Texas. yeah, there's places that are hard to get a series win, no matter how good or bad the team is doing. I mean, South Carolina is getting back to their old mojo, like defending their home turf. Yeah. South Carolina, I mean, they won that game on Sunday against Vanderbilt, which I don't think we gave them enough credit for. That's that's that was, to that do. was at Vandy. Yeah, it was at Vandy. They won that Sunday game after facing Kumar and Jack Leiter. But I mean, do you I, think do you think after teams face Kumar and Leiter, they're like, holy shit, the ball is so easy to see now? I am glad you brought that up because I actually was talking about that on the ESPN broadcast I was doing for the Mercer games this weekend. Like, it's got to be such a great feeling just to get those two guys out of the way and win on Sunday. Like, <laughs> the they ball gotta... probably looks fat. You're probably confident to play. Like, okay, I can see this ball and I can put the barrel on it. Yeah. No, I mean. You're right. But okay, the last thing we're going to talk about um, on the podcast is these SEC standings because I forgot to mention this here. Dude, the, the SEC standings is kind of funny to look at. You have one, two, three, four, five teams that are either six or we have Ole Miss at six and oh, and then we have four teams at five and one. And then you have three teams at one and five or yeah, three teams at one and five and one team at oh and six. This is like, it's very top heavy right now, which I'm sure it's going to even out. But wait, say that again. I said it's really top heavy right now in the SEC. We've seen a lot of sweeps and not a lot of like games one, two out of three. And so right now you have Florida sitting in fifth place in the East behind South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. That, that won't last. That <laughs> won't think. last. That won't last at all. 
but the East has kind of be, like been really intriguing for me. Like I thought that I thought the SEC West would be that for me because you have Auburn, Alabama, LSU, A and M, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Ole Miss. But the East has kind of been intriguing with Vanderbilt, Tennessee, Kentucky, and South Carolina, and then you have Florida behind all those teams. So, what I was trying to say is. A lot of people were sleeping on the East this year. They thought Vanderbilt was going to run away with it, like battle a second place. They are going to run with, they, away with it. That they is are. firmly standing. They, they are going to run away with it. But I think it's going to be interesting to see like these Tennessees and South Carolinas and Kentuckys um, kind of make a stand for themselves. Like One of those three teams is definitely going to stick around all year, competes with Florida, competes with Vanderbilt for that top spot. Obviously, I don't think anybody will. but I think you know, Tennessee they, is the contender. Of I think, I mean, dude, the way Kentucky is, dude, I want to see them play in SEC, dude. I mean, I know they went to Georgia and won, and they, like, that's, that's still good. But let's see what they do. I mean, guess who they played last t- series of the year? Vanderbilt. South Carolina. Oh, my bad. <laughs> no, they play, they play Arkansas and South Carolina their last two series. So we'll see where they are heading into this series. Who was that? Tennessee? Yeah. So I they thought, have. I thought Tennessee played Vanderbilt the last series. No, they play Alabama, Florida, Vanderbilt, Texas A&M, Kentucky, Missouri, and then they got Arkansas and South Carolina. You're right. You're right. So it's going to be interesting, though. But like the bottom teams on this in the, in the East, Georgia and Missouri versus the bottom teams in the West, I would even put Texas A&M in this argument. Texas A&M, LSU, Alabama, and Auburn. I, I think the West is weaker than the East. No, 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 no. Give me Auburn over Missouri all day, even on Sunday. You think so? Dude, yes, yes. I, dude, I almost wanted to talk about this, and I was like, it's not worth my time. But Missouri, get them out of the SEC. Look at the like, just the, like get them out of the SEC, dude. Good luck getting them out. They're getting a fat paycheck for every. Oh sport. no, dude, no. Missouri will never voluntarily leave but the sec kick them out and put florida state in there or put put a, another florida school in there you don't think so could you could you could you imagine a school like texas in the sec i if let's play this game real quick before we wrap it up um what school would you add to the sec if it was an option i'm gonna think about just, this for, just, just for a take, second just think baseball terms only Oh, baseball term. Wait, why baseball terms only? Like, don't worry about football and all that. Just baseball wise, who would you add to the SEC? Because we're a baseball podcast. Duh. I think um, somebody like. I, I'm telling you, a Miami or a Florida State or something. And a lot of people were saying, like, put UCF in the SEC. And I was like, no. No, don't no, do that. No. But Let's I could not see get it. Away. It's possible because then you would see the. I mean, UCF will start recruiting ridiculously. I'm going to say Louisville. That's my answer. Louisville. I mean, that's 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 a great pick too. You're not go, you're not going wrong with a Louisville. And I or, think Louisville has been in like four different conferences in the last ten years. They've been in Big East, ACC, AAC, Louisville Conference never, USA. Wait, wait, wait. Louisville was never in the AAC. They they were Am in the I big. That up? They, they were in the Big East with Miami. And then Miami left to the ACC, and then Louisville within the ACC. I'm going to look this up. I think look you it up. might be wrong. Look it up. 
I'm gonna look this up. This is intriguing to me. No, they were, yeah, they were in the AAC. You stupid, stupid idiot. What year was that? Two years: 2013, 2014, 2014, 2015. Yeah. They went ACC, AAC, Big East, Conference USA. Four in the last 17 years, they've been in four conferences. So, my bad. All right, now I'm going to look this up because I think you your eyes need to get checked. Okay, go for it. Yep, they joined the ACC in 2014. Boom. So might as well just That's add a right. fifth conference. Dude, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm, I feel I feel embarrassed now because that was when Rutgers left to the Big Ten. Yep. Do you want me to cut this from the, from the podcast? No, leave it in there. <laughs> leave that shit in there. I forgot that was when Rutgers and Louisville left. You're right. Well, that's a good that's a good note to end on. I'm gonna end on that high note right there. But anyway, yep, great show. Um, see you Tuesday. See it or, or Wednesday. Wednesday. One of those two days, you'll see us. You'll hear us. But uh, it was a fun weekend for everybody. And, great weekend. Uh, we're pumped for week seven coming up. Yep. See you. Yeah.